reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Thank you for tuning in. We have a lot to talk about today. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, Where to begin? Where to begin? You had a fantastic SummerSlam, a wonderful UFC, and it was just a good night for sports in general. So there's a lot going on in the world. Let's focus in on one thing at a time. Let's start. With a prayer, you see at the bottom there on the screen, Edify St. Ignatius of Loyola. And uh, I have a prayer today. God, you raised up St. Ignatius in your church to inspire men to work for your greater glory. Grant that we may labor on earth with his help and after his example and merit to be crowned with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. And. We want to edify the saints. You want to edify a saint every day. And you want to do that in honor of God. And you don't want the saints to pray for you. And you're not praying to the saints. But you want them to put that prayer over you. So that's what I should say. Is that you're not praying to them. You're praying for them. For them to pray over you. And that is not only intercession, but it's powerful. And if you truly, truly believe, you will truly be fulfilled with that power. And also the knowledge, the knowledge of knowing who, what this saint did, what this particular individual stood for, how this particular individual's relationship was with Christ. And how can you have uh, a strong relationship like this individual did with God? And that is, in essence, um, edification of, of the saints and edifying the saints and honoring and, and kind of just respecting who they were and, and what they stood for, most importantly. So lots going on in the world with monkeypox breaking out all over um you have incredible incredible doctors and researchers and scientists all over this country and they're doing great work they're doing really great work but the main thing is is that you have to remember that when there's a new virus or there's something new and they're trying out old medicine on it we don't know where that's going to go folks so you just have to be patient you know what i mean Faith is patience. So when you break this all down with Ukraine, and I've talked about it very, very lengthy and at great lengths at times, and even before the situation took place, um, you know, this all happens because, honestly, America uh, and the United Nations and, and, and some of our, our greater allies, um, have not dealt or 
wrapped their heads around the Cold War and how we've never really come to a conclusion from that. And now it's carried over into Ukraine. So no, it's not America's fault. No, it's not the United Kingdom's fault. But what it is, is when you look at Great Britain, when you look at France, when you look at Spain, you look at all these countries and then you look at Ukraine and, you know, you find that Russia's committing all these war crimes and burning and charring these bodies of innocent women and children. And you're just you're just looking at a situation where the rest of the world is watching. The rest of the world is moving on and and that that can be dangerous and that and that can be a real dangerous thing and there's people that are looking at russia and and maybe they're not looking at the entirety of the situation or kind of the reality and the magnitude of the situation but instead they're saying you know like people are out here saying that they're not doing anything wrong and I find that to be messed up, very messed up. So we have to stick together, folks. We got to stick together on this. And, you know, you have to really, really buckle down and not be brought in to all of the negativeness, all of the thoughts that aren't going to do you any good and, and focus on the positives today. So on this day, July 31st, we've got our prayer out of the way. We've talked a little bit about the world and now we can focus on fun, on really fun things. And the first fun thing I want to talk about, we're going to go over SummerSlam and the SummerSlam results. The reason I want to do it that way is because in all honesty, there's probably more for me to say about SummerSlam and some better critiques and some hotter takes than there is for UFC. So you know how I want to start the show off. You know how I want to get this show going for you all today. Stay tuned and you're going to really enjoy this episode. For SummerSlam last night, it was a lot to take in, but it also felt kind of short. So some of these matches went a little bit longer than others. And Bianca Belair defeats Becky Lynch to retain the Raw Women's title. This was a great match. You know, my biggest critique on Becky Lynch is she definitely bails out on our moves too early and kind of spoils the fun a little bit. Bianca was stellar, great performance, maybe the best performance of the night. And then after it was like a big twist, right? So she wins. She hits all her moves. She does everything flawless. Becky is kind of there, but you know, doesn't feel like she's trying to sell it as hard because she knows, you know, in her head that she's not going to win this match. So, you know, it is what it is. So Bailey uh shows up with Dakota Kai and Io Sky 
and they're gonna like run up on Bianca, it looks like, and all of a sudden Becky comes to back up Bianca. So it's kinda like, you know, what's what's this gonna entail? Like a three versus two tag match or something on Monday Night Raw tomorrow. So we don't know where that's gonna go, but yeah, Bianca is a good champion for the WWE. Like a really, really good uh women's champion for them. Especially being on Raw. Um, that made the most that this match made the most sense. Logan Paul versus the Miz. Logan Paul looked better than the Miz. Then he was more athletic than the Miz. And on top of all that, he beat the Miz. So everything was going Logan Paul's way. Like this kid's blessed, man. And not to take anything away from him because he worked hard for all this. You know what I mean? He did the wrestling training and he got in there and was, you know what I mean? Taking it serious and everything and didn't do anything in that match that made me think he can't make it in the WWE. Like this dude can make it in the WWE. No doubt about it. He just went up against the Miz. The Miz is like from freaking WWF tough enough days. You remember that? Like, that was The Miz. So, The Miz has come a long way and still can't even get over. So, you know, you got Logan Paul who's on the rise now and maybe their beef will fizzle out and they'll get him somebody else to kind of riff with. But I like the match. You know, for Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, I'm going to give that a good grade. I'm going to give that a high grade, like A-. minus, A-. minus. Logan Paul versus The Miz. B minus. That's a B minus match right there. That was good. Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the United States title. Did anybody have any doubts that Bobby Lashley was going to win this? I did not. Like, Austin Theory is actually pretty big, but Bobby Lashley is like a monster compared to him. So there's no doubt that Bobby Lashley was going to land more moves, just be more aggressive. And just be kind of better all around than Austin Theory. And I like Austin Theory. But I feel like now with Vince McMahon out of the picture, Austin Theory is quietly taking a backseat. And so it's kind of a a double entendre. And then you got Bobby Lashley, who is a great, also a great champion for the WWE. And he's, you know, got the United States belt. I love the United States belt. And he had a great performance. It was a good match, you know, and, and he, he did really well with everything in this environment. Everything went good. Everything was fun in this match. That That's definitely uh, a B because you had strength first speed. Size versus athleticism. And then you had kind of strength versus style. And then, you know, it was like all of these things entangled in this match for the belt. And Bobby Lashley defeats Austin Theory. Then you got the Mysterios um, versus Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day. And then Edge returns. So the Mysterios finally win something. 
Like, it just feels like they just get picked on and beat up and kicked around. And it just doesn't feel right. And then, you know, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, I, I like both of those guys. I think they're both really good. <clears throat> but as a tag team, that's kind of like they're they're better off solo, in my opinion. But the Mysterios, yeah, they were good. They looked good. Dominic was, you know, landing his moves and, and doing really well. And, you know, Ray is, is vintage Ray, man. He can he can take a thrashing and then he starts hitting his moves. He starts getting ready to do a six one nine. He starts jumping off a rope here, jumping off a turnbuckle there. I mean, he gets into it. So I really enjoyed the match. And then Edge coming back was like, that was pretty spicy. So I was like, all right, this is good, you know. So give me uh, that final grade on that report. Give me that uh, B. Give that a B. Just a flat B because it was pretty good. Then you had a match that I was kind of like, why is this a match? And it's Pat McAfee uh, versus Happy Corbin. And I really didn't understand this. Like, I don't understand this storyline. This is one of those off weird things that's that's going on. And I got to say, Pat McAfee's got a great agent. Like, this dude has a really good agent because here's this guy, Pat McAfee. He's got a really good show. He was a, you know, kicking the football in the NFL and stuff. And, and, I, and I like his show. I like his show. Sometimes if I see a clip and it's something, you know, I'll watch it. It'll be funny or something. But I don't, like, watch. I'm not, like, a everyday viewer of the show. Like, I just think it's a, a funny show sometimes. That's all. But I'm over this dude in the WWE wrestling. He's he's a good announcer. He's good on the microphone and everything. But it was like, okay, you got to live out your boy. He get, Like he said, he got to live out his boyhood dream, doing WrestleMania, having a match at WrestleMania. So then the second biggest event for the WWE, the SummerSlam, and he comes in, and it's kind of like, like, okay, I understand that he, him and Happy Corbin have that beef from, like, they both were on the same team in 2009 or something, the rookie year for the Colts. But it's kind of a weak storyline. And then you have Pat McAfee. It's more of like a fun fact than a storyline. And then you have Pat McAfee who... Like he's in good shape and, and he's, he's, he's not a bad wrestler at all. That's not the point. The point is, is that there's so many other guys that deserve a shot and you're throwing this dude in there because he's got a following and a fan base and all that. And I get that with Logan Paul and I get that with some like Ronda Rousey and some of these other people, but with Pat McAfee, that one's a little bit weird to me. That's, that's a little bit weird to me, but whatever sells tickets and then for happy Corbin to lose was another strange thing. Like, where do they, are they taking this with Pat McAfee? That's what I'm confused on. I guess you just got to tune in. You got to find out. But that seems like a weird storyline. Like, how much interest is out there for that is what I'm trying to get to. You know what I mean? Because I'm not interested in it. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty dead storyline. Happy Corbin and Pat McAfee. Like, what? I, I don't know. It just seems weird. So he beats Happy Corbin. 
you know, and they've had a lot of beef leading up to it, a lot of funny things that were kind of like a lot of antics leading up to it. So maybe that's it. Maybe they wrap it up. I don't know what they do. So then we move and you know, I'll give that like a flat C. I give the match because it wasn't a great match, but it, it wasn't the worst match. The Usos defeat the Street Profits to retain the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles. And this was a match where, you know, like I, I told, you know, my brother, I was like, the Street Profits are the team that comes down and they pretty much lose every time. And, you know, WWE does not do it right because AW keeps a record on the guy or the team or whatever. And WWE has there's no record. You don't know who, how many times they've wrestled or how many matches they've been in or anything. It's just, oh my gosh, he's a superstar. He's great. And it's never like he's 53 and 14 and had a couple disqualifications. You know what I mean? It's, you never get to know. You just, he's great, man. Superstar. It's, it's it. So it's like you get, uh, the Usos in there doing their thing. And that's always fun because they're, they're good. They're, they're always good. So the Street Profits do their thing. They're good, but they don't win anything. So the Usos win easily, pretty much easily win the match. And then a lot of high flying stuff from the Street Profits, which kept it entertaining. Some of the moves, you know, they just don't hit, man. Some of those moves just don't land. Like you see the kick not hit his face. You see the guy. Like a lot of it's just like they don't they don't they don't sell it well. They just don't. And it maybe to like the layman or just like the the odd man out, you know, it looks good. But sometimes you're just like, dude, that was so fake. Like that was so fake. He didn't even touch you and you ate shit like you died. <laughs> like he didn't even touch you. Like they some of that stuff, it's like you're WWE, not amateur circuit. Not some people hanging out in a bar. You know, you guys are WWE. Like the big time. So you're telling me you still get to the big time and still fucking shit up? Like, that's crazy. So Riddle calls out Seth freaking Rollins and then gets stomped out. So that was dumb. Like, here you are. You do the call out. Then you get stomped out and get your head smashed in. <laughs> what the hell? So that was dumb. You know, whatever on that. Um, again, Usos versus Street Profits, you know, not a bad match. Not, not a bad, don't think that's a bad match. It was a fun match. Like, it kept the pace going. But it just wasn't anything really you haven't seen. I've seen the Usos versus Street Profits before. A couple times. You know what I mean? So it's like, nah, whatever. Get some new guys. Like, get something new. Get a new thing going in there. Then you got Liv Morgan defeats Ronda Rousey to retain SmackDown's woman title. You really thought Ronda Rousey was going to win? No, she wasn't going to win. Ronda Rousey's gotten better, though. And the fans like her because it's kind of a crossover. And, you know, crossovers are good for the WWE. They've done them forever since the first WrestleMania. They've done crossovers. So, you know, ever since WWE's around, they've done these crossovers and stuff. But. Liv Morgan is a good champion for SmackDown. Like, I can see Liv Morgan's becoming one of the best SmackDown women's champions ever because of kind of her story and her background. 
And you got to give credit to WWE for that and then give her the credit for putting in the work and following through and having to deal with some weird stuff and then, you know, coming out on top of all that. So with Rousey, she did really good in that match. So I'm going to give this match like a B plus because I watched SmackDown. So I'm pretty fresh. Like I just watched SmackDown next day. We're having SummerSlam. So I'm pretty fresh with these people and all these characters and storylines. And I got to give that a B flat because I do think that they both did good in that match. Now, the last match for SummerSlam, take a break and come back with UFC recap and all the good stuff from that. This was a little bit of a snooze because it was more of antics. It was more. It was more Johnny Knoxville than it was wrestling when it came to Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar comes down to tractor. He jumped off the tractor. They're about to get down. And by the time you know it, this match is over. Roman Reigns got a bunch of shit stacked up on top of Brock Lesnar. It's over. Last man standing. It's done. Roman Reigns is not that good of a champion. He's not. And the big thing that I get from Roman Reigns is just that he does not want to lose that belt, man. Like the undisputed, undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. He just doesn't lose any anymore. He came down with the Usos. They actually came out with him. But it's just time for him to lose. Like, it doesn't have to be to Brock Lesnar. You know, Brock Lesnar. He he's gonna do him. He's definitely gonna do him. <clears throat> and he and he's a good showman. Like he put on a good show. But the match itself was boring. It didn't have a good, like, finish to it. It didn't have a good flow to it. And then, you know, before you know, Roman Reigns is standing there and he's won. But he didn't really go through much much adversity. And he had the Usos to back him up. I mean, you got a champion who pretty much has everything, who's average on the mic because he literally comes out there and he's like acknowledge me that's it you know what i mean like i don't know maybe you know i can't even say that we're spoiled you know as fans because we're not anymore and to see kind of some of these guys and their gimmicks it's like nah nope the uh the aggressive era the the real true WWF days are still a little bit harder than these these days. And yes, they do good. They have good matches and good moves and stuff like that. But they don't have the same spark in their main event. And that's not good for the WWE. I can see the WWE doing a partnership with AEW in the future for a pay-per-view. I can see it. Because they're going to have to. To keep people interested. Um, as other other brands grow and other sports come into focus, they're going to have to do something to keep it interesting. So, I mean, the WWE just has that name that everybody respects in the business. But now with other competitors that are serious and then like getting good and stuff like New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW, you know, there's a lot of talent out there. 
and the people are really going to decide who becomes successful because it's where the people spend their money. So really the consumer is going to be deciding the future of the wrestling business. And for that last match, like I said, I'm not going to like say that's the worst match I've ever seen. Cause it was funny when Brock Lesnar came down there in the tractor and just, you know, then, then ends up destroying the ring. But I think that match could have been so much better. I think that we deserved a little bit better. And I think that these, both these guys got off easy. I think Brock Lesnar got off without doing too much work. I think Roman Reigns got off without doing too much work. And I think you got the same champion, a dull storyline, and too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. Like we used to, you know, as an old saying, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Too many people, you know, at the top managing these things and not enough people doing the work and actually getting the things done and, and, and making it happen for the fans. That's the final analysis. Now, my overall grade for this SummerSlam, I always do it out of five stars. I'm going to give it three, three out of five stars. I'm not going to lowball them on this one because, you know, they had a kind of a lackluster SmackDown, but I'm going to give them a, a notch above what I gave that episode of SmackDown. And I'm going to say, yeah, this three stars because it's not four stars. It's definitely not five stars because I've just seen too much WWE to even accept that as five stars. And I've just seen too much wrestling in general, TNA impact and all the other stuff. But I've just seen too much wrestling to even, even go down that road. Four stars is too much. That's being too nice. Three stars because it was good. Not great. Not exceptional. Not excellent. No, it was barely above average. Barely. Like above average, you know, think of a lot of different pay-per-views that they do that are kind of smaller scale. Some of those pop. You remember the one where they used to do where it was like something Tuesday or something Superstar Tuesday or something like that they did where it was like, you got to like the first time they did it on the phones. I remember this. That was the first time they did it on the phones where you could like text or on Twitter, you messaged or it was whatever. It was something like that where you picked who you wanted to see in the match. And they, that, that was really cool. That was like a, a different twist. That would have been more interesting than this summer. But there was a lot of things that you can take away from this. The main thing is that Becky Lynch needs to stop bailing on her moves too early and she needs to follow through unless, I mean, if she's in a position where she feels like she's going to get hurt landing a certain way, I mean, then you're going to move. But in my opinion, there needs to be some work done with a lot of these, a lot of other superstars. Um, namely from this, particular event i would say the miz miz needs some work in the ring the miz needs some work and uh some some of these other guys like roman reigns and brock lesnar i don't want to see these guys getting off easy anymore these guys are getting off easy They're, they did not do that much becky 
Lynch and Bianca Belair, I give them credit because they went for a long time in that match before there was a winner. Even though, you know, some of the moves weren't to my liking because, you know, bailing early and you're not really selling it well. Doesn't matter because the match was still intense, kept you interested. And Bianca is a, she sells it well. So when she's in the zone, you start to feel the match playing out the way, the way it should. And that's the way it went. So I'll be right back after this break. We'll follow up with UFC 277. We got some new champions from last night. And you're going to enjoy this. I got some hot takes and results and, uh, and, and recap to, to go over with you all. Again, my final grade for SummerSlam 2022 is three out of five stars. Now, I know everybody's excited for the UFC recap. I know everybody is pumped up. You want to hear those UFC 277 results from the man. And. You have the first fight, early prelims, stacked card, 13 fights, stacked. Orion Costco defeats Blood Diamond, three-round decision. I had Kosick in that one, Costco. I had him in that one. The reason I took him in that one is because, and this is my tip to everybody, you know, for, for everybody back home, you know, here's my tip. When you're picking between two fighters, if one is a really good striker, the other one is nah, not so good at striking, but he's a really good wrestler. And the guy who's a really good striker doesn't really have a good wrestling foundation. Take the wrestler every time. Because, yeah, he's going to get hit a couple times. There's a chance he could get knocked out. All that's true, but that's true in any fight. So with the wrestler, He's going to keep doing what he knows. And then when he starts working at it and he's good at it and the other guy really doesn't have a foundation, then he's going to dominate when it hits the mat. So yeah, always take the wrestler like I did there and it ends up working out by decision. I thought, you know, the submission might happen in the second or third round. The second round was blood diamonds round because he was landing a lot of shots, but then the first and the third round were pretty dominant for uh, Costco and, and Galaxy ends up winning that. Then the next fight was really good. So that was at the that last fight was at welterweight on the early prelims. Second early prelim fight, Ior Petraya versus Nick Nikolai Negamuno. Nico. This dude is really good. Like this dude is the, is going to be the next big thing, I'm pretty sure. Ior Potraya, you know, we really didn't have a huge sample on on him. I just felt like he would win. Because on either guy, I just looked at it like, oh, it's a pick him. You know, and the public was mostly on Potraya. So most of the public lost on that because this Nikolai dude is for real. Like, second round came, he's hit this, he hit Potraya so hard, his mouthpiece went flying. Film. Kept hitting a boop, 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 couple of knees, boop, boop, boop. It's over. Done. Good night. So, yeah, that was a, that was a huge knockout. Um, and you're going to have to remember that guy's name. Now, Petraya is going to rebound from that. That's my big takeaway from that fight. Yes, 
focus on Nikolai. He's going to do big things. But Petrai is going to rebound from that. He's he's young. He's still early in his UFC career. He's fighting at light heavyweight. Man, there's some real monsters in, in light heavyweight. Now, you got Jocelyn Edwards versus Jayon Kim Firefist. And I know a lot of people were on Firefist, but they need to watch more MMA because Jocelyn Edwards is kind of hot right now, like kind of on a roll. And, you know, she's not like blowing people out, but she's grounded, man. She's got skills and she's very determined and focused on her style and like sticks to the plan. Like she, she took some licks in this one, took some good licks. But came right back firing on all cylinders. And, you know, that's one thing I got to give her credit for is that she hung in there and won this fight. And it went to decision. Um, like I thought it would at Bantamweight in the, in the women's Bantamweight division, but at 135 pounds, they're throwing with some sting on those punches. You better believe. And, uh, it was a good woman's fight. And, uh, it was a, it was a good fight on this early prelim, uh, card. So she ends up winning. I picked her. Michael Morales, uh, versus Adam Fugit. And Fugit was in this fight. He was in this fight. And then came the second round and Fugit was starting to wear down a little bit. Like he, he expended himself a lot in that first round. And when they go, if you watch his film, you know what I mean? Then he's going to see that. Now, this Michael Morales, dude, we all seen him get a big finish. So we're kind of all expecting that again. And it came late. Third round TKO and, uh, stopped at one minute, and nine seconds of the third round. So, I mean, it came late and I had, uh, Morales to win. Michael Morales, I took him to win and I had him to win by KO TKO. I did think the second round it would come, but the second round was more of like building up to that third round and then. He got the job done and he's a threat, man. He's young. Both these guys are actually young, but Mike Morales, Morales is really young and he's got a really good camp behind him and he's just got to work on conditioning if he's going to be a champion because at Walter Waite, the condition is going to, going to be like the end of your championship run. Because if you don't have good conditioning, that's it. You're not going to last with the top guys. And there, there's definitely going to be some conditioning things with some of these younger prospects. But it's a big fight. It was a big one for him. Big fight for him. Next. Okay. Here was a perfect pick. I had Drakkar close uh, over Rafa Garcia by decision. So I thought it was going to go all three rounds. And the reason I thought that was because Rafa's got a good jaw. Drakkar's got a good jaw. They're both ex- extremely talented, but they're really well conditioned. So when they start to take shots late in the fight, they're still able to bounce back off of that. So I just have seen both of these guys fight. Rafa Garcia can get overwhelmed. Drakkar close can get himself in trouble. That's the main contrast. For the, for this fight. Rafa Garcia can be overwhelmed. That's his biggest fault. And Drakkar Close can kind of put himself in some compromising positions, you know, that he really doesn't need to. 
and that happened in this fight. Now, he's experienced enough to work himself up, to get out of those takedowns, to get out of those bad positions, and to turn that into something positive, and that's how he was able to win this fight, was by not not only getting some good work in with his takedowns and his striking, because he landed some really good shots that really, I know, swayed the judges on this one, but the most important thing he did was get up quick after get taken getting taken down. Because that, in the judge's eyes, means that that takedown really didn't matter. That that takedown really didn't do anything to alter this fight. Um, it even inspired Drakkar Close a little bit to stay the course. And by the third round, he was marching Rafa Garcia down. So, that was a great fight. Uh, had that one right. Now, the next one could have went either way. Because uh, this was Dantel Mays, Lord Kong versus... Hamdi Abdelawab, the hammer. Both of these dudes are strong and they have power. Dante Mays does not have good accuracy with his strikes. That's his biggest problem. And he did some things in there that were kind of just questionable. Just questionable. He did one move where he ran at the guy and not even like to take him down, like to tackle him or nothing, man. Like he just ran into him with like a shoulder check. Like, for a minute, it felt like we were watching SummerSlam. It's a shoulder check. And Hamdi just wrapped him up and took him down. Like, what are you doing? Like, hello? And and then you got Mays, who lands some big punches, closes Hamdi's eye, right? Like, closes his eye up. Wapow! And you're thinking, damn! You know what I mean? This dude, you know, this Mays dude is getting on in the second round here. He's starting to pick it up, because the first round, he got swarmed. But then the second round, he started to level the playing field. Third round came. Mays kind of abandoned the game plan at that point. And he was just trying to hold on because he was still taking some licks. That probably finished a lot of guys. But because he's real tough and he was not trying to fold, he was able to stick it out. But, yeah, they both took a lot of damage in that fight. That's the big takeaway. Like, they took, they both took a lot of damage. So Hamdi ends up winning by decision. That you know that fight to me was a pick'em. Drew Dober versus Rafael Alves. Great fight. Really a great fight. And Rafael Alves is really good, but I, I had Dober in this one. Because Dober took a fight pretty quick here. Like he he took a fight. This is a pretty quick turnaround for him. And there was something telling me like he, he did that for a reason. He did that because he really believes this is like a good year for him, like a good time for him to be on a run and get like his name out there and get into some of the, get some of these bigger names. And Rafael Alves is a big name. So at lightweight, 155 pounds, someone's, someone's going down sometimes in these fights with this little bit less weight. Like sometimes, sometimes someone's going out, man. These guys are throwing too fast. Rafael Alves is really quick, but he was showing off his quickness. And instead of kind of like following the, the plan, it looked like he was showboating a little bit too much. And he got caught with some real heavy stuff from Dober. And Dober kind of caught on. Like, okay, I see that you're fast. I see that you're good. 
and you're a showman, but I'm coming to like win this fight. Like I'm not only going to win this fight, I'm trying to finish you. I'm trying to get the finish. So when Dober started really, really putting it on in the, in the, uh, second round, he was starting to really do some damage and had Raphael Elves kind of burning his gas tank. Then the third round came. It was like, Dober can finish this because he looked fresh. Look fresh out there. And Rafael Alves was still fast, but he had lost some of the speed. He had lost some of his durability by the third round. And then that's what set up Dober to just go in there and get the finish. And I had Dober to win that one. I thought it would go all the way. Because I think finishing Rafael Alves is like a real, real big deal. Like, I think that is the sneakiest, like, thing that no one's talking about. Like, he actually finished this guy. Not a lot of people are finishing Rafael Alves. And, uh, like, he's called the turn for a reason. You know what I mean? Because usually your luck turns for the worst. But for Dober, he's peaking right now. Like, incredible, incredible shape, incredibly gifted, great durability, because he took some shots in this fight, but what, he didn't even take as many shots as he did in the last fight, I feel like. I feel like his last fight, he took more damage, but, hey man, he's, he's, uh, he's on, he's on a good path. I like Drew Dober. This was a good win for him. Huge. This is the biggest win on the card for a fighter, was Drew Dober's win. Then, Controversy. Then starts the controversy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Because, whoa. Uh, whoa. This this was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen coming up right after this. Thanks for staying with me this far. I appreciate it. You are the best audience ever. You all out there that listen to Preston Super Show, Smoke After Dark, and follow my work. Best audience, smartest people. You'll be, you'll be the smartest people and have the most success ever. You will. God, God, please bless this word. Please ordain this podcast as, as true because, uh, we are, we are only trying to, to have fun and, and, and to walk right and walk upright in the faith. Here's the worst thing that could have happened to this card because this up to, up to this point is the best prelims I've ever seen. Like this is the best prelims ever seen. And, uh, this still is probably one of the best UFCs they've ever done. And okay. So we get to, all right. So I got ESPN plus, so I'm watching Alex Morano versus Matt Samelis burger. All right. Semi the Jedi versus the great white. And I was like, I, I was backing semi the Jedi. Like I'm backing him. Like, come on, let's go. So at 170 pounds, welterweight, man, these fights are so ticky tack and so tricky and anything can pop off in these. And Alex Morano somehow was able to convince the judges that he won this fight. I don't, I didn't see that. I seen him win one round and that was even questionable. But somehow the Jedi did this dude won two of those rounds with aggression, pushing the pace, landing more shots, and one round did Murano actually, you know what I'm saying, win the round that you could say he won that round. 
Somehow the Jedi hit him with a freaking knee. Then hit him with another knee, folding him up. <clears throat> I'm thinking it's going to be over. <clears throat> I was like, dude, this is going to be over. And, and the, they kept it going. Let him fight himself back into it. But dude, he came back with more knees at the end of the fight and it was just dominant, a dominant third round where I thought it was going to be over and almost was. And then we go to the judges and they can't get it right. So I'm thinking, how, how the, you know, does this work out? Because Alex Morano's really good, but Semi the Jedi was just like on another level this fight. So, you know, in my mind, they need to run that one back at some point in the future after they get, you know what I mean? Whatever they are, whatever they're supposed to get out of their contract. Like they need to run that back at some point because they're both fairly young and, and they're both in good shape and good health. I mean, these guys need to run that back when they get healthy in the future, uh, after their next fight. You know what I mean? Because I think we all deserve to see that again because I think that some of the Jedi is, like they're they're building him up, right? But the judge has really crushed that. So he'll get a I think he'll get a quick fight. I think he'll come back quick. As quick as he can. And I think Alex Morano, you might hit, he might not come back as quick and fight. I d I don't think he will. Because he got the win and I think you can let that I think he might let that ride a little bit longer. So then the next fight, perfect pick. Perfect pick. Put it on the board. Magomed Ankalev defeats Anthony Smith in the second round. In the Lionheart in the first round. Look good. You know, they were all talking. DC and Joe Rogan all talking about, oh, he looks bigger. You know, he looks stronger, faster, and all these good things. And Magomed didn't matter, man. Like, this dude got into that. Second round. Now, granted, Anthony Smith broke his leg, but Magomed was bashing him with all them kicks. So, you know, eventually, whatever happens is going to happen. But Anthony Smith is a beast, and he is a legend in the sport. But Ankalev is on another level with these guys right now. And he jumped up to light heavyweight and uh, is is making a is, is storming, you know what I mean, like in his first fight. Like when he when he won, there was no doubt he was gonna win. And you can say what you want on, you know, he broke his leg, Anthony Smith broke his leg, yes, this and that. Yes, that's all very true. But when you watch the fight, Magomed was winning. So I mean, what are we saying? You know? And and it just shows that this dude is on another level right now. And he he'll eventually be fighting for the title. Then you gotta fight that quick Quick fight, easy pick. Didn't think it'd be that quick though, but it, but it was super quick. Like, whoa. Alexandre Pantoja defeats Alex Perez, submits him in the first round. And you know, Alex Perez, I don't know how many fights he's got left on his contract, but man, you get finished in the first round like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's not good. And then you got Pantoja, who is a beast at 125 pound flyweight. Like this dude is good, man. Like he was so quick. He was so much faster. He was so much more elusive than Alex Perez. 
And Perez just looked like he was standing on stilts, you know. And and Pantoja rolled him. I knew he would win. I knew he'd probably win big, but I didn't think he'd finish it that fast. I was like, wow, okay. So, yeah, Pantoja, that was an easy one for him. Then we got what everybody's saying is the biggest, like, ripoff of the car, the biggest shocker. But I like, you know, kind of a little bit of controversy is good. A little bit of drama can be entertaining. So you got Sergey Pivik who goes up against Derek Lewis. And I'm going to be honest, man. Derek Lewis is, is that dude. He's a beast. But Sergey Pivik is good. He didn't do anything wrong. You're not going to take that many shots from Derek Lewis, though. So, like, Sergey Pavlik didn't do anything wrong. So you can't take anything away from him. He's good. He is good. And Derek Lewis, man, I don't know if he was like, he could have been playing possum, but he also looked a little bit hurt. He looked, he looked a little bit hurt. You know what I'm saying? He went down. Man, when you go down like the way he went down, what do you expect the ref to do is what I'm saying. So, you know, that one's over done with, you know, Derek Lewis, I thought he'd win, but nah, he, he went out in the first round, a quick, quick fight, man. Back to back, back to back, quick fights there. And, uh, then you got Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France. And I was not, I'm not thinking like Kai Car France's hype. I'm thinking that he was determined in that last fight. Like he was really motivated and now he's got to run it back. And it's kind of like, okay. Yeah, I get that. But Brandon Moreno's better. So he's going to win. And that's why I picked him because he's just better. He's just in every aspect of the game. He's better. Doesn't mean he can't lose. It just means he's better. So I'm going to take the better fighter because he's now you give me the better fighter and he's motivated. Now that is something I can get behind a hundred percent. So I was a hundred percent behind Brandon Moreno in this fight. And he, he comes through easily outclasses Kai Car France. Kai Car France didn't win one round. This was over in the third round. And, uh, Brandon Moreno with the KO, TKO victory. And that's all she wrote. Good fight. Really good fight. And, uh, really, really good fight for Moreno. Just impressive, impressive fighter. Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. Shout out to Juliana Pena because she does train in Gray's Lake, Illinois. I believe it's Gray's Lake out of the gym out there. But the main thing is it's, again, the same situation in my eyes. The way I'm reading it, the way I'm viewing it, Amanda Nunez is the better fighter than Juliana Pena. Not only that, she's better in every aspect of the of mixed martial arts. So I cannot take Juliana Pena, even though I respect her and appreciate her and everything and all that big fan of hers. But I cannot pick her over Amanda Nunes because Amanda Nunes is better. So Amanda Nunes being the better fighter, the more experienced fighter and stronger. Really, really showed you why she's the real deal, why she's the best woman to ever do it. You know, Rose is making a name for herself. Yes. Joanna made a name for herself. Yes. But it's Amanda Nunez you think about when you think about the best woman fighter. So Amanda Nunez goes out there. 
She wasn't fighting for the belt. You got to also think about that. She was fighting for her legacy to defend her legacy. Yeah, that's what she was fighting for. And she wins. Now, I've been watching good stuff. Let me give you the grade for this UFC. Out of five stars, I give this UFC four stars. Four star event. Four star event for UFC. Rock solid. Little bit of controversy. Some some great knockouts. Some submission victories. Um in action. Action, action, action. Only a few times did it slow down. But the refs were on top of it, boy. They were standing stuff up quick. Quick. They weren't letting guys get in good positions that much, like on the ground. So I don't know if UFC's changing or it was just, just a one off. Is this just an outlier of what's to come? But there's a lot of things you can draw from this UFC event. Like a lot. But like I said, I've been watching a lot of things. I've been watching a lot of shows. Everybody likes shows. Everybody wants to see a good show. So I gave you uh Neat, the documentary about bourbon. It's awesome. Now I got to come back with you. I got to hit you with something good. I got to hit you with something that you're really going to like. And um there is a movie I really want you to see right now that's on YouTube that you can watch. And it's free with the advertisements. And it's called Faster. And it's The Rock. It's hit, it's hit, The Rock's in it. And, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's in it. And this is the, this is the best movie The Rock has ever been in. Faster. Go watch that. That's, that, that's really exciting. And, uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Make sure my new book is out. You go check it out at Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon Kindle Unlimited. You know, wherever you get your books, go look for Badge in the Shadows. Go, go, go and get Badge in the Shadows. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night and God bless.